Today we celebrate the memorial of St. Aloysius Gonzaga, who was one of the early Jesuits just at the time when St. Ignatius founded the Jesuits. And uh, I had, in my own personal experience, I had the really amazing, undeserved honor and privilege to attend uh, what was traditionally known as the Roman College. Today it's called the Gregorian University. It's in Rome. And it's the university that was set up by St. Ignatius and St. Robert Bellarmine and some of the early Jesuits. And uh, it was also attended by St. Aloysius Gonzaga. Uh, he uh, died at a very young age because um, at that time, you know, medicine was not that great and certain times uh, plagues would come in and they would just strike an entire city and it would just wipe out the you know a quarter of the population or a third of the population of a given city. And that was the case with uh, St. Aloysius. Um, he was helping the people who were afflicted by the plague when, when he caught it himself and he died at a young age of 23. And he was just in the Jesuit, um, like in the early stages of the process of becoming a Jesuit. Um, but he, he's got, this guy's a remarkable guy. When I was in Rome, I saw his painting. His picture was everywhere. He's got, there's, there's a remarkable devotion to him amongst the Italians still to this day. Uh, he was born into a very high class, noble family, uh, I think in the northern part of Italy. And, I mean, really big deal. Like his sister was the, was real close to the Queen of Spain and, you know, this kind of stuff. We're talking like he could have been almost a king. And he was the firstborn of his, in his family, and there were seven children. And the firstborn at that time was expected to become a soldier and then basically move in to, you know, become this duke or whoever it was going to be. You know, and he's going to rule over a large portion of land. That was what was expected of him. Uh, and so from the time of his, as early as age four, <laughs> his father was teaching him how to use, how to be a soldier, how to use a gun and ride a horse and do all these things. Uh, and at some point he was sent away to the court of another duke to uh, be educated and to serve this duke and to learn how to become this kind of you know, nobility. Uh, while he was there, during his education, he read the saints' lives. Uh-oh. Okay, so he read the saints' lives, and that really inspired him to want to become a saint, to want to uh, become a priest. And, and so when he was telling his family this, and so now he's... I mean, we're talking, he's seven and eight years old. They, they continually are dissuading him from, no, 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 you don't want to, do, you don't want to become a priest. You want to, you know, inherit all of this property and become this big, powerful, uh, nobleman. And so now this is remarkable too. This is the only time I've ever heard of this. Uh, uh, many, many instances, especially in, in late antiquity, there's instances of, uh, young women as early as 11 and 12 and 13 making vows of chastity. That's a really common occurrence, at least in my knowledge and my reading. I've never heard of a young man doing that, but he did. St. Aloysius took a vow of chastity when he was nine years old. <laughs> I don't know if that's a great idea or not, but he did it, and, uh, and he stuck with it. And he adopted a very severe, austere, ascetic life, even when he was a preteen and a teenager. Really kind of a remarkable guy. He was inspired by the, the saints' lives that he read. When his family saw that they couldn't dissuade him from uh, becoming a priest, they really tried to dissuade him from uh, joining a religious order because they said, if you become a secular priest, we can hook you up with a bishopric. We can make you a bishop. Because that's how, unfortunately, a lot of the secular um, 
authorities and the nobility at that time had a lot of control over the church and they could kind of place one of their sons in a, an important position in the church or they could pull strings and influence people and, and see that happen. So that was the other temptation that he, he faced. Okay, so should I become this big important you know, person in the church? And he really wanted to become uh, a Jesuit. He read about them. He was very inspired by them. He wanted to be a missionary, actually. So, uh, against all of the persuasions of his family, he, he, he joined the Jesuits when he was 17. Um, and the Jesuits actually had to have him tone down his ascetic practices. <laughs> okay? It was like St. Ignatius himself was saying, okay, you're, you're, this is going a little too far here. Just tone it down. Um, now, he, he was... Uh, he was known for his austerity and his penance. And that's why we, we have in our opening prayer talking about his innocence and his penance and how he joined those two together in a wonderful fashion. And I love the prayer as it goes on. It says, may we who have not kept his innocence uh, imitate his penance, his penitence. That's a beautiful, beautiful prayer. Well, the plague hit Rome. He was still a young man. He was only 23 years old. Uh, the plague hit Rome. And he was helping uh, the sick and the people afflicted by the plague. So he, he brought in, he would bring in the sick, he would wash them, he would tend to their wounds. This was a, the Jesuits opened up a hospital at the time. So he was working there. And then he would prepare them for death because it was inevitable. They couldn't cure the plague. And so he just prepared them spiritually for death. And who knows how many souls were saved because of his, his ministry in that, in that capacity. Uh, he was shown in a vision that he was going to die within the, within the year. Okay. And so, uh, you know, what would you do if you, you, you had this definite time frame that you knew you were going to die? Well, you're going to get, you're going to get ready for your death spiritually. So he did. He dedicated himself to, to even more, uh, penance and good works and trying to grow closer to God. Um, and it came. His death came uh, in uh, 1591. He was only 23 years old. And in fact, as it grew closer, he had another vision and he was told the exact day on which he was going to die. Uh, it was the octave of Corpus Christi uh, today. Uh, again, it would have been the octave of Corpus Christi at that time on this day on June 23rd, 21st. So uh, that day when he died, he was apparently fine. No one thought that he would die that day, but he did. He, he suddenly declined um, and, and rapidly uh, approached death and then died just before midnight, just before the day um, tra- uh, transpired. He died, uh, this is a thought that I have in my mind, he died with a crucifix in hand, and this is how he's, his painting, if you look him up on the internet, he's always got this crucifix. He died with a crucifix in hand, gazing upon the crucified Christ. And I think to myself, you know, St. Aloysius Gonzaga imitates Jesus in a really special way. Because Jesus was, of course, sinless, and yet he did this great act of sacrifice for our salvation. And so also, I think in some of the lives of the saints, they were very pure, very holy, even from a young uh, childhood age. And yet they engaged in great acts of penance. Not for their own sins necessarily, probably a bit for their own sins, but really their penance was for the benefit of others. Uh, and so here is St. Aloysius identifying with Christ in this really special way, gazing upon that cross in the moments of his, of his death.
Just to tie in briefly to our gospel text today, we have the Our Father. Notice, just one quick reflection there. Notice with the Our Father. We say, Our Father. Forgive us our sins, our trespasses. There's this speaking together as a community. And it's only through the community, through us as, as members of the body of Christ, uh, that we are able to receive the, the great act of sacrifice that Jesus made for us, because we're members of his body. And so also the saints, we're members of the same body that the, the saints are members of. Their great acts of penance uh, are beneficial for us. Because we're members of that one community, we benefit each other. And that's a great encouragement for us to know that our prayers and that our sacrifices, however small or however large, are for the benefit of others. And we pray that we would be inspired to do this through the prayers of uh, St. Aloysius Gonzaga today.